There are fewer than 30 men in the world qualified to drive Formula One. A mere half dozen, perhaps, to win. At this moment, I'm inclined to think you're not one of them. This is Desiree for F1Weekly.com. I'm your in-depth correspondent. Let's go with the qualifying, Steve. Welcome to F1Weekly.com. My name is Clark Rogers. I'm the host of the program. I'll be joined by Nasser Hamid, my co-host. This is podcast number 961, October 17th, 2022, Nasser. Thank you, sir. I say howdy, folks. The Grand Prix greats are coming to the Lone Star State. Everything is big there, from steak and onion rings to Shaquille O'Neal and Michael Buffer's razzmatazz. Now back to Mr. Rogers, running his own rodeo from the Palatial Studios. Thank you, Dancer. On today's program, well, the host is back from the Velocity Invitational, and I have a full report. Zach Brown says cost cap busters are cheaters. And Ricciardo and Texas are going to be back together. And that's a love that we love. And we can't wait to hear his Texas drawl. And just a reminder, we need your contributions to keep this program on the servers. Just click on the Support F1 Weekly tab. You know, you want to, and I want to thank Abhe Vaza for his kind donation. And Nas, welcome to the studio. How are you? I am doing very good, sir. Thank you for asking. And, sir, I would also like to start by thanking our mate in Land Down Under, the original JB, Mr. Jason Bentley, for sending me those wonderful photographs from the... uh, Australian Motor Racing Museum and the Bathurst 1000, which we shared on our uh, website. So thanks, mate, and I appreciate the kind email he sent me. So our love is very global. Let's keep it that way. Outstanding. The pictures were awesome. Keep up the good work, Jason. The check is in the mail. You know how that works. And of course, Nas, as you know, I posted a few pictures on the F1Weekly.com Facebook page of me at the Velocity Invitational, and it was very, it was very exciting, Nasser. Yes, you know, it is so exciting because on YouTube, there's like a nine-hour video, which I'm watching. It's muted because of the recording, uh, but I'm loving, you know, they just interviewed Mario and Zach Brown, and the guy said, you know, in the first hour, we will interview little people, and I think towards the end, they're going to do the heavy hitters and I listened to your interview. Yes, don't worry. My interview will be coming up on that program, of course. The Velocity Invitational of 2022 was fantastic. And of course, the big cherry on top was Mario Andretti, 82 years young, and getting in the 2013 McLaren F1 car was awesome. 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 You could tell he was comfortable. 
His helmet gave him some issues with seeing some of the steering wheel switches and what have you, but it was exciting. And then, on top of that, Mika Hakkinen was driving our favorite, Nasser, the 1985 McLaren Tag MP42B of the great Le Professeur. Very good, very good. And you know, um, Mario Andretti made a comment after driving the McLaren that nobody will understand my passion for, you know, driving race cars. And man, I'll tell you, every time I have spoken to him, met him, when I talk to him, I get the impression that I'm not talking to a racing legend or a world champion, but to a 14-year-old who is totally excited to be at his first race. And it's amazing how passionate he is about uh, motor racing. Very, very impressive. Now, among the cars, uh, we're, we're talking old cars, you know, more than 30, 40 years old. Uh, what was there and um, what did you like? The classic 62 Ferrari, 250 GTOs, and an extremely rare 62 Aston Martin DP214 from Le Mans in dark green. It has the similar lines to the 250 GTO. Absolutely beautiful. And I have to mention why I love this event. I mean, I would never run into this at a usual historical race. But there it was, Nasser. Bruno Senna's GP2 Dallara, or should I say Hapidos, powered by Renault and indeed it did still have a GP2 engine. Ah! <laughs> it was exciting. They had everything. It was fun. I mean, there were a lot of Alfa Romeos, all the good stuff, the Zagato-bodied ones, everything you want to tell your mom. It was wonderful. We had, the, of course, the hypercars. McLaren was there in droves. Good old Alejandro from the McLaren dealership in Palo Alto. He was there because he's helped really put McLaren on the map in the San Francisco Bay Area. So it was awesome. And of course, I had our photographer, Dan Gentile, who I thank for taking that wonderful photograph of me speaking with Mario. It was awesome. And I gave him a couple of bravos and a good Fernando nod. But all in all, I'll have a full report on the front page of the website as we publish podcast number 961. So excellent. I encourage everybody next year, go to the Velocity Invitational. It's very elegant. They celebrate life and the luxuries that go with it. You know, I was, uh, while I was watching this, I learned that a gentleman by the name of Steve Earle is behind this, and he was the gentleman who was behind the Monterey Historics. So how long has this uh, Velocity been going on? Well, it's been going on for three years now. This is the third one. And so what happened was the people who own the Monterey Historics, there were politics involved. Now that's why we don't have the Historics anymore. They have a copyright on that name and they call it the Motorsports Reunion. It's very similar to the Historics, but it's not the Historics. There are some people who participate, but some people boycott you know how things are in the political world, deep down in the bowels. So like everything else that happens here, I really don't know the inner workings of all the politics involved. Obviously, the person involved in the Velocity Invitational has experience and connections 
obviously Zach Brown, McLaren, they're very well connected. So it's a beautiful thing. I mean, there were great, great cars from the Edwardian era all the way to the hypercars of today. Yes, and uh, so th this is in addition to the Rolex reunion, right? This has no relation to the Rolex reunion. No, no, it is in addition, not relation, in addition to that event at Laguna Seca. Correct. The Rolex Motorsports reunion at WeatherTech Laguna Seca is during Monterey Car Week. That's the Pebble Beach, all of the auction houses from Bob's Auction all the way to Meekum. That's a completely different situation. But what's great about Velocity, they're not during Monterey Car Week, so there's no traffic. It's easy in, easy out. You're happy and you're vintage because you want to drive over there in your cool t-shirt and your hat. It was awesome. And just so our listeners know, the photographer you mentioned, Dan Gentile, is an old friend of Fun Weekly. I've known him for many years. And he was at the 1978 Italian Grand Prix at Monza. That's what was so terrific. He takes a picture of me, of Mario, and Mario won in 78. Mamma mia! You are the man, Mr. Rogers. I is. Okay, sir, now let's uh, go from back in the day to days coming ahead. The United States Grand Prix. Uno, dos this year and uno, dos tres next season. Three F1 races in the US of A is very cool. Sunday, Sunday, we have action in Austin. What is Mr. Rogers? You were at the very first Formula One race there. I was not. I was talking that race weekend to a very young Charles Leclerc and a very young Max Verstappen in Las Vegas. What do you expect from the race this weekend, sir, apart from Nando winning? Well, Nando now has the freedom to win because Max has wrapped up the championship. And he'll now pass everybody that he needs to pass. But no, it's going to be exciting. And of course, Lewis Hamilton is still looking for that race win. So he doesn't have that ugly, tarnished record. And Lewis Hamilton does very, very well at United States Grand Prix. But so do other people. So it's going to be great. Everybody likes a good barbecue, some ribs, a big T-bone. And then they'll go over to Crawfordsville and drive around the backwoods of the Bush Ranch. Yes, sir. Circuit of the Americas is basically Circuit of the Champions. Valtteri Bottas is the only winner here who did not win the World Championship. Your favorite driver, LCH, has taken the max wins here. He won five of the first six races. Sebastian Vettel won in 2013 with Red Bull. In 2018 and 19, the winds were blowing the Finns' way. Kimi Raikkonen scored his final F1 victory in 2018, followed by compadre Valtteri Bottas the following year. Last year it was Max Verstappen in a close fight with Lewis Hamilton. I was there and man, what a Netflix crowd we had. Absolutely jam-packed. The people who, was, who were loving the uh, crowd well, the people who own these ranches around the track, where they charge people $10, $10 became $30 very quickly. So it was a very, very good event for them. And, you know, more power to them. I have a feeling we're going to see record equaling win number 13 for Max. It will be nice if Carlos Sainz Jr. or Leclerc can win, as there are many 
Ferrari fans here in the US and this is a very big market for them anyway. Question is who will stop the reign of Max? What say you California cowboy? Well this is a big market for all the manufacturers. I mean without America your checking account is pretty low. Renault is thriving without US market right? Exactly. So no Mercedes huge. Ferrari huge. I mean Renault nothing. But it's going to be a great, great race. America is always fun. And they're, they're supposed to put on a superb show this year. He wants to make it the best show ever in the world. So they're really pumped up over at uh, Coda. My understanding is Shaquille O'Neal will be at the race also. And that will surely bring some excitement and heat to the fans. As he is a very popular sportsman in this country. And I understand he is one of the DJs, right? Exactly. He will be shaking it and shacking it. Yes, he will definitely pump up the volume. And so will Max. It is expected to be a dry race, so no chance of Silver Arrows slipping and sliding to a surprise win. And sir, as much as I would like to see LCH win a race this season, even my hopes are fading. Because, you know, as it has turned out, rain, sunshine, starting 10, starting 15. One little Red Bull car comes through at the end. So we'll see. We have to run the races and see what happens. And we'll be watching. The main battle now is for second in the championship. Sergio Perez comes into the weekend one point ahead of Ferrari's Charles Leclerc. Now with a strong Tex-Mex crowd and smell of fresh fajita all over the track, Checo will be feeling like Mexican Jean Alesi. Mucho new motivation. Now, I say if Ferrari's top dog cannot take second in the championship, that will be very sad and elpo poor. Let's not forget, he had over a 40-point lead over Max after the first three races, where he had two wins and Max had two DNFs. Amazing turnaround. Sebastian Vettel made his Grand Prix debut in the U.S. in 2007 where he had the immense pleasure of meeting the host of F1 Weekly. I hope his final F1 race in this country brings him some points. And Machismo has raced all over the USA. Indy 500, Daytona 24 hours, US Grand Prix at Indy, US Grand Prix at Texas. Hopefully he will entertain fans with his immense talent behind the wheel and team radio. I think, you know, talk about big market. U.S. is a very big market for anybody and everybody and, of course, Honda also. I think somebody from Honda USA should send him a text message saying, Hey, pal, Max is powered by Honda, who's screaming now. What say you, Mr. Rogers? That's awesome, Nasser. Awesome, 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 especially since I just looked at the infamous GP2 engine with the screaming and the crying. No, it's awesome. I mean, Fernando, in every race lately, has been in the top five. He's been crazy, competitive, and so now there's talk that maybe Norris is rattled by Alpine annoying him. Mama, oh mama, we love cage rattling. No, this is awesome. What's really cool, he's going to finish with Alpine on a high, he'll be, I think it, this is all good. And I think Fernando is going to perform in America. Talking of GP2 or Happy Dos, I want to tell you something. I think it was the 2000s, between 2006 and 2007, I was at the, both the Italian Grand Prix. 
Man, um, in 2006, I watched the GP2 race from the Ferrari Paddock Club, courtesy of one of our F1 Weekly's listeners. And I went with his son. Man, I'll tell you, it was so intense when they came around to finish the first lap. That was unbelievable. You know, spec cars, everybody bunched together. And then the following year, I saw the tail end of the GP2 race. I think this is when Giorgio Pentano was racing. He may have won that race. From the Curva Ascari, these cars were so loud and coming in so fast. Did, did were, you, were you able to see the Bruno Senna car in action? No, I did not see it in action. But you're absolutely right. When you f- walk upon a GP2 car and you're not sure what it is, it looks like an F1 car. The dimensions, everything, it's very F1-esque. And I could see where GP2 was the springboard to Formula One, as is F2 today. It's a very impressive car. It looks great. And, of course, having the Renault package made it more fun, fun, fun. Absolutely, sir. Absolutely. Okay, now, sir, a few new faces in new places at Cota in Austin. Sergeant on F1 Beat, 21-year-old racer from Boca Raton, FLA. Logan Sargent will take part in Friday's free practice with Williams. Listen to this, Mr. Rogers. He will become only the fourth American driver to participate in a Grand Prix weekend in the last 30 years, after Michael Andretti, Scott Speed, and Alexander Rossi. Last time an American driver won an F1 race was at the 1978 Dutch Grand Prix at Sanford by the gentleman you met at Laguna Seca. So United States has gone a long, long time without a race winner in uh, Formula 1. Another kid who will be driving for the first time, I believe it's the first time, it's Theo Pourcher, your fellow Francais. He will also sample F1 machinery driving for Sauber Alfa Romeo. He was very impressive in last year's F2, just like Kiwi Liam Lawson, but both failed to win the championship this year, which is never a good thing as third-year F2 champions rarely get into F1 let alone a top team. Nick DeFries was lucky none of the Red Bull juniors put a smile on Dr. Marco's friendly face. Anything you want to say about Texas before we move on, sir? I, I think it's a fun race. I, I like all the pre-activity. I mean, I don't know who's playing there, but it could be Garth Brooks. You never know. It's Texas, and everybody is big in Texas. Yeah, man, I'm watching. I still uh, they're showing this Golf GT40, beautiful from the Velocity Invitational. Man, I uh, I need to come to this event next year. Oh, it's Mika Hakkinen's in the car. Beautiful, the 84 McLaren out now. It's a very good event. I think everybody is more accessible. It's a little more glamorous, and of course there are more high-end food venues, but it's very clean and neat and very well organized. Yeah, Laguna Seca. Has, I remember going there for the first time at the um, 1985 IndyCar race. You know this section of the track? Do you remember Laguna Seca or did you ever go uh, before they made this infield uh, section? Of course. I used to go in the early 80s. Yeah, the, the section, there was no infield section. It would just go straight and climb towards Cox's crew. And I will never forget, I think it was 85 or 86, as was sun was going down. I was leaving the track, and I was in that portion where, the, where they make the left turn. And man, Mario Andretti's Beatrice Lola came. 
hugging the ground. It looked like a fighter plane. Never forget that image. So it's a great track. Corkscrew is beautiful. And of course, the Laguna Seca tradition is calamari. Absolutely. Or you could go over to uh, the pier where all the tourists go, have some great, great views of the ocean. Monterey is a wonderful place. It's a great place to go take a vacation, watch some racing, and eat well. Yeah, you know, another great location, if anybody has not been to Circuit of the Americas, that is a fantastic track, beautiful track. And even if you just buy general admission, you can walk around and see so much of the action. And they always have the best take in uh, Texas. Two good reasons to go to Austin now. Very good, Nas. So your thoughts on the on the cost cap breach? Yes, that's what I call the Merrill Lynch moment. 2021 cost cap report with the limit of $145 million to spend. All 10 teams submitted their accounts to the FIA for scrutiny to ensure compliance with the new regulations. Now keep in mind, this is 2021. Red Bull have been found to have committed a minor overspend breach offense as well as procedural ones with Aston Martin also at fault procedurally but remained below the prescribed limit. Some are calling Red Bull cheaters. My favorite was Christian Horner def defended the situation saying it was due to free gourmet lunch they serve to their employees every day. F1 will not be F1 if all teams agree with each other. As a famous journalist once said, teams cannot even agree on what day of the week it is, let alone on budget cap or any other major issues. What has happened to Formula One, Mr. Rogers? In the old days, you know, there was a driver strike at Kyalami in 1982, and there were issues in the past also. But now, what we have, we have all these issues, super license issue, cost cap issues, gender issues, minority issues, all these issues, and in, and in between there is a Grand Prix. I cannot speak for other people, but for me, the main action is what happens when the lights go off and the checkered flag comes out. Everything else is hogwash, speaking Texas language here. What say you? Well, you're right, but there are some people, and I understand some of these people, I mean, their bitterness, but... If they stayed within the cost cap and lost, you feel crappy if somebody who went just a little bit above the cost cap won it all. So, of course, I mean, Toto, Zach Brown, everybody's bitter. But you notice, well, you know, a lot of people are staying quiet, too. You don't see Peter Sauber freaking out and let's mind our own onions. And be cool. We'll find out what the breach is. There'll be a punishment. And be cool, man. We've got to all get along. Yeah, I find it all bizarre, but there's a there's some bitterness. I mean, Zach Brown is almost topping Toto with his... He's convinced that you could tell in his demeanor, he thinks Red Bull is cheating. And I, I don't think that's very healthy. Well, you know, the way I look at it, is maybe what they're saying is true because where there is smoke, there is fire. But this is how I look at the situation. My two uh, passers on, on this issue. If Max was driving for Ferrari this year, he would still be world champion. Would you agree with me? Absolutely. And that's where the problem is. The guy is just too good. You know, he has now this season reached and will be for a few years. He has reached motorsports nirvana 
with Senna enjoyed in the McLaren Honda days, Schumacher enjoyed in the Ferrari days. And, you know, you get into these Uber domination situation. Lewis enjoyed that for many seasons. And you have to be that good to win as much as these people do. So I think this is going to continue. Others will have to go back jack and do it again and not crash out of races while leading, not spin out at Imola and have the tires ready. Be professional and very fast because beating Max, I am convinced that unless somebody gives, Lewis probably the only person exception, anybody else, they will need a car, I would say about half a second faster than Max to beat this guy. And even then I'm not sure because he is relentless in his pursuit and we do have a lot of cautions and safety cars in Formula 1 now. We have a lot of street races. So if this guy gets any, you know, it's like the Fernando Alonso situation in the 2007, I believe it was the European Grand Prix at Nürburgring where Massa had run away with the race and late in the race, a little bit of rain came. There were some tire changes, if I remember correctly, field bunched up and you know who won the race. And Machismo de la Ternera. Yes. And that's what these people do, you know. You're absolutely right. I mean, I agree with you completely. Max is the fact to be worried about by these other teams. Now, let's not forget, cost cap, schmoff cap, I don't care about all that. I know one thing. LCH wants one more shot at Max. And and Mercedes, I think, have promised LCH that the car is being developed as we speak. It's going to be bad to the bone. I mean, it's going to be like super fly. So uh, next year is going to be fascinating. This championship is wrapped up. They'll get the constructors. I'm not worried about that. And of course, they'll be monitored and watched on the cost cap. I think everything will be even Steven in terms of cash flow, so they say. But next year, it's going to be awesome because Mercedes is definitely going to be better than my favorite car, the W13. And I heard they're going to park a W13 right next to the Trabant in the museum, Nasser. Yes. Yeah, by the way, Mercedes Museum in Stuttgart is very, very nice, man. I've been there and I would love to go there again. I was short on time. Otherwise, I would have gone to their, uh, the other big name there in Stuttgart, Porsche Museum, which is also very, very impressive. I am told. Obviously, a lot of history. They have the car that won the only Formula One race for Porsche, driven by Dan Gurney. And so there's a lot of history in these places. So hopefully we'll get to enjoy. On that happy note, sir, shall we take a the sunny break, get some water and listen to some famous infomercials from you? Sir, you got it. Infomercial is right here. We'll be back after this brief message. Hi, this is Mika Hatkinen, double Formula One world champion. All the best for the readers, F1 Weekly. Welcome back to F1Weekly.com. Clark Rogers here, your host. In now, as we spin the globe and go around the world with Motorsports Mondial and the king, the sultan himself, Nasser Hamid. Thank you, sir. And we shall start with MotoGP. The world of MotoGP turned upside down and land down under. Good eye from Philip Allen in Australia, might. 
Mother of all MotoGP races, local hero Jack Miller taken out by Alex Marquez. Not good, and he's getting a penalty, as he should. Alex's brother Mark, the LCH of two wheels, he finishes second, his first podium of the season, is his 100th podium for the machismo of MotoGP. You know, Mark Marquez is an incredible, incredible motorcycle racer. You know, he had a lot of operations in the last few years, and that has screwed up his winning percentage. Fabio Quattararo, your French homeboy, he was leading the championship. He crashed out, and we have a new championship leader in Paco Benyaya. His name is Francesco Benyaya, but he's known as Paco, like Checo. He finished third on his Ducati. Extra shrimp on the Barbie for race winner who started 10th, Alex Rins. First podium for the Spanish rider since MotoGP race in Austin, Tejas on a Suzuki. And Suzuki, as you may know, they are leaving the sport after this season, which is not very good. Now, this is, um, I watched the race on YouTube. It's incredible. The top seven was separated by less than one second. This is what we call competition. And this is the kind of finish they had at the 1971 Italian Grand Prix, the pre-Chicane Monza. This was round 18, two more rounds to go. Next is Sepang in Malasi, and the final race will be in Valencia in Viva España. Okay, sir, now we have a segment called Championship Ways. A little bit chat about different champions uh, produced this season. We shall, of course, start. Number one is Formula One, so we start with Formula One. Max Verstappen, season still in progress. 12 victories, winning in progress. There's no question he's going to equal Schumacher and Sebastian Vettel's uh, number of wins, 13. And there are four races to go, I believe. And he's going to get more than one, so he will set a new track record. So good for him. Formula 2, previously known as Hapidos. Champion this year is Felipe Drugovic. First Brazilian to win the championship since the dawn of GP2 slash F2 era in 2005. This year he had five wins. Highlight was Barcelona, where he won both the sprint and feature races. The season finale is coming up in Abu Dhabi in November, and he has now already been signed by uh, Aston Martin as some sort of a driver. And let's see what happens. Maybe he'll get lucky like uh, Nick DeFries. We wish everybody all the best. F3 winner, champion from your country, Victor Martin, he took the championship and final round at Parco Monza, an all-time favorite in the palatial studios. He had two wins during the season in which there were, listen to this Mr. Rogers, 11 different winners in 18 races. Kind of crowded house on the podium, but it's over now. German Formula 4, this, I've mentioned this for the last few years and I'll mention it again. This is a name to keep an eye on. Hopefully it will work out. Kimi, his name is Andrea Kimi Antonelli. Please remember this name. He could be Toto's new LCH. Over the weekend, he clinched the German Formula 4 championship. He has now won about half of the races and he has also done a lot of winning in Italian F4 and UAE F4, which started, I think, either early this year or very late last year. Anyway, I think there were three races to start the UAE Formula 4 Championship. He won all three of them, but he was disqualified from one of them. So this, I think, kid could be going Chris Berman style all the way. 
The Paisans surely deserve a world champion soon, as they have been waiting for one since Alberto Ascari in 1953. And we feel their pain with every bite of Little Caesar's Pizza Pizza. Now we come to this side of the pond, Indy Cars. Will Power from Australia was the champion. He also took the championship in 2014, both occasions driving for Mr. Penske. Will, this is interesting, Mr. Rogers, how small world we live in. Will is married to a lady by the name of Elizabeth from Texas, and it was through her cooperation that we did the interview with R. Nige at Laguna Seca when his kids, Greg and Leo, were performing like cougar, rocking in the USA with their racing pedigree. Now we go back to Europe, DTM, German tin tops, three wins and championship for South African Sheldon van der Linde. And his brother also races there, he's also very good. WRC, this was very impressive, youngest ever champion from Finlandia, Kale Rovanpera, six wins this season so far, including the African Safari Rally, which is one of my all-time favorite motorsports events. And Mr. Rogers, it's very high on the bucket list. Suzuka, Watkins Glen, Bathurst 1000, Phillip Island, and of course the Aussie Grand Prix, very, very top of the bucket list. Okay, of course, an honorable mention must be made of Lynette's car. They got the playoffs going. I'm sure you will update us. I think they need to throw a caution out of the ballpark or do a 70-lap stretch. Did you watch the race in Vegas, sir? No, Nasser. I'm sorry, but I'm a busy guy looking at important things in the world. Okay, sir. October is a very sad month as far as Formula One is concerned because it was in October 1973 where I got a big jolt when I was informed by my brother that Francois Sivet had been killed at Watkins Glen. He was going to be team leader for Ken Terrell after Jackie Stewart's 100th and final F1 race, the 1973 U.S. Grand Prix at Watkins Glen. This was the track where Sever had scored his first Grand Prix victory in 1971. Like his brother-in-law Jean-Pierre Beltois, Sever started racing on two wheels, then won the French F3 championship before making his F1 debut at the 1970 Dutch Grand Prix. As fate would have it, Jackie never drove in his 100th race and Sever would never lead the Terrell team. Saturday, October 6, 1973 made sure of that. What was really amazing that on Sunday, Beltois took part in the race. In 2009, I went to his go-kart track near Paris and you know we did an interview with him and asked him about this weekend and him driving and he said when you are a racing driver, you have to do your job. When you get in the car, you forget everything else. I guess when you're a professional driver, you have to do what you have to do. And sir, also in October, the very next year, 1974, there was another tragedy at Watkins Glen during the race. Um, there was a young driver from Austria, Helmut Koine. He was, if I remember correctly, he was driving for John Surtees. This was his only second race. And he crashed into the barriers. And just like the uh, severe situation, the bottom portion gave away and he went underneath that. He was decapitated. And sir, some years ago, I was uh, listening an interview with Max Mosley about the safety of uh, motor racing, how far it has come and where it was. And he brought up the issue of the Helmut Koenig accident. And he said that after the accident, one of the marshals 
picked up his helmet and walked to the marshal post uh, with Helmut's head still inside. So racing can be and has been very, very brutal. So that's, I just wanted to do this as a remembrance for these two drivers. Okay, sir, uh, normally we have a thing we call sad but true, but this one is amazing but true. According to Ted Kravitz of Sky TV, the driver, <laughs> it was funny, the driver, but you know, this day and age, let's see how many slings and arrows Ted gets, but we enjoy this. According to him, the driver lineup at Alpha Tauri in 2023 will be the shortest driver pairing, beating the previous record of Anthony Davidson and Sato Sao. And I have an idea for Franz Toss. Maybe they should invite Randy Newman as their VIP in the Paddock Club. What say you? Very funny. But, you know, I have mentioned Sonoda. What can you do? I guess, yeah, wow. That'll be, well, at least they could see eye to eye. Yeah, it'll be How do you think uh, Sonoda will do against um, De Vries? Oh, he's going to whoop his ass. Who will whoop his whose ass? <laughs> it's going to be a lot of laughs. Just trust me. I have a feeling Nick De Vries, you know, Sonoda is very quick. There's no question about it. But I think he does not come across as a serious guy, serious about his own career. It's just the impression I have, the way he talks, answers questions. I'm expecting that Nick DeFries will score more points than him. Well, Nick DeFries is a more cerebral guy. Not going to do any knee-jerk reactions. He's going to analyze it. He learns all this from his master, where he finally was able to take the pebble from the hand. And that would be Toto. Yes, that's very, very true. He did tell him to call Marco. Very interesting, though. Okay, sir, the uh, season is coming to an end, so yours truly is working on my new calendar uh, for 2023. If anybody wants to see what theme is, the theme is uh, a tribute to Jimi Hendrix called Crosstown Traffic. It will feature famous street races from around the world, U.S. and other places, Australia. And we have a lot of pictures, a lot of captions, and anybody can go to Saison73.com, that's S-A-I-S-O-N-7-3.com. It's been updated, and you can place your order now. Also, uh, the calendar is in shipping stages in SoCal, where they have always been printed, and shipping will begin globally next month. So I'm looking forward to it. And, sir, what we will do is maybe late November, mid or late November, we'll talk about certain um, pages, you know, certain tracks, because I put a lot of um, time into it and dug up a lot of interesting information about uh, different tracks. And, of course, a lot of them are gone. Long Beach is gone. Phoenix is gone. The funny thing I read about the Phoenix track, uh, you know, some years ago I was I went to uh, Grand Canyon with my nephew and we drove through uh, a Phoenix, downtown Phoenix, and I was telling him about the race happening here and more people going to the ostrich races. But funny thing I read about the track was at the original layout, which they used for, I think, first year or second year, first two years, there was a corner called Jack-in-the-Box Corner because there was a Jack-in-the-Box Corner there. So that's beautiful. That's what we should do, you know, when they do uh, Vegas, a race, maybe they should have a hip-hugger corner or the hip-hugger S's. Oh, that'll be a good one, hip-hugger S's. You like that? I do like that, but I was thinking 
maybe you have to drive through and get some fast food. That would be instead of a chicane, you got to go get like a burger somewhere. In the best part, best place would obviously be In and Out. I'm sure we can get In and Out to participate. Yeah. F1 is going to go electric sooner or later. We all know it deep down in the gut. When I'm listening and seeing dripping oil everywhere, I know, I know that they're coming down on us and they're going to take it all away. So we better enjoy the time we're in, Nasser, because I'm telling you, pretty soon it's just going to be a bunch of bees in a hive of busy bees. As I call flock of Bataan mosquitoes. You know, it's interesting you say it will go electric uh, on Sunday. I had breakfast with my ex boss and she's a huge Formula One fan, being of Italian origin, huge Ferrari fan. And she said the same thing to me that this will all go electric one day. And only consolation I have, and I said to her, it's hopefully not in my lifetime. Because I really miss those sounds of racing engines and that's as my new motivation to go more to historic events. Like, you know, some years ago we interviewed Brian Redman and he said to me, you know, today's cars don't look like racing cars. They don't even sound like racing cars. So anyway, that's why we have Velocity and Rolex Reunion and Goodwood uh, Festival. So there is, there are places you can still go and enjoy. La Dolce Vita. Okay, sir, anything else before we delve into Musical Mondial? Sir, I'm ready for your song. While we celebrate Max Verstappen as the new Dutch master, here is an all-time classic blast from the past on the original Dutch master. Take it away, Mr. McLean. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy. Good night. Starry, starry night. Paint your palette blue and gray Look out on a summer's day With eyes that know the darkness in my soul Shadows on the hills Sketch the trees and the daffodils Catch the breeze and the winter chills In colors on the snowy linen land What you tried to say to me And how you suffered for your sanity And how you tried to set them